This conversation with the Pakistani rapper Adil Omar is the eighth in an audio series we're calling Another Pakistan, recorded in midsummer 2011. It's a co-production of the Watson Institute at Brown University and the Asia Society. I'm Christopher Leiden in Islamabad with Adil Omar, the number one rapper in Pakistan. This is open source from the Watson Institute at Brown University, an American conversation venturing this summer of 2011 into South Asia and subcontinental hip-hop. Number one, Adil, of how many rappers in Pakistan? Um, there are quite a few, but uh, before I was doing it, I don't really recall anyone making hip-hop music. I mean, you'd hear someone doing a rap verse in Punjabi or like the Bhangra remix or doing a rap verse in a pop song, but they weren't really any hip-hop artists before I came out over here. And I mean, I've, um, I, I don't want to take all the credit for it, but I'd like <laughs> to say it. that I, um, I probably pioneered a, a little bit of a scene which is slowly emerging. Let's talk about it. Maybe first we should hear it. Get on stage for us and and give us a taste. Okay, uh, this is a verse from an upcoming single of mine called Packy Rambo. I'm the Packy Rambo, Aldo, Apache Commando, Sambo, kick another rap to your sample. Tango with death, I'm a killer with mad soul. Lasso your neck, put my foot in your asshole. Ambush your camp, my inglorious crew. Straight bastards, brawny and stronger than you. Take classes, learn how we got them on wax. Hit the base with a bag full of Taliban scouts. You can call it off fast as you laying in your pissy sheets. Chilling up in Cali, all the way up in the Middle East. A dilla deep, putting in my work on these city streets. Panic as we pulling up your skirt. Like a wiki leak. So I mean, that's Go, just. Man. Uh, tell us a story. Adil Omar, growing up exactly where, and was it nine years old or fourteen when when this vision arrived? I must have been about seven or eight when the vision arrived, and then as soon as I turned nine, that's when I actually started writing. Who were you listening to at nine or seven? I was listening to uh, well. Obviously, uh, Wu-Tang Clan, Dr. Dre, Red Man, Method Man, Tupac, Cypress Hill, House of Pain. Uh, then Eminem came in as well, and I liked Eminem quite a bit, his earlier stuff. So, Did you immediately start translating it into Pakistan? I didn't really bring Pakistan into it because like, music to me is universal. A lot of people even ask me why I don't, you know, like rap in Urdu or try to make more socially relevant um, songs but it's not really about that with me it's about it's about connecting with people on a much deeper much more personal and emotional level and that's what music is it's totally universal and when did people start saying I get it to you like keep doing it I mean it took a long time I I started writing at nine. I started rapping at about like 11 or 12 for fun. And by the time I was 13 or 14, I started recording. And I'd say when, obviously when I, when I, my first recordings were probably were, well, clearly really bad, but, uh, I mean, I just, uh, cut myself off from everything else and just stayed in my room for like literally a year. And by the time I was 15, I guess I was decent. I had a few fans on the internet by the time I was 16, that's probably when I, um, that's probably when I actually started making good music, and that's when I was discovered by uh, Be Real from from Cypress Hill on MySpace, and he was working on an album at the time, which he um, offered me a guest spot on. 
So, I mean, that was the first time my entire family and people actually started taking me a little more seriously was when B-Rail started taking me more seriously. <laughs> I want to know where you were coming from in the great kaleidoscope of Pakistan. The geography, the class, the politics, the ambition. Uh, my father was a businessman who uh, he passed away when I was about 10. My mother's a journalist and she used to be um, involved in the media and, um, and with television. And your politics, would you say? Um, I'm I'm pretty apathetic. I mean, I'm pretty left wing and liberal in terms of in terms of most of my views, but I'm I really don't don't care about politics. And your feelings about the Pakistani setting, so to speak? I I think it um I think at the moment it's it's pretty much fucked. So <laughs> I mean, it could be better. You're a child of the global culture. Yeah. And the global technology in a certain sense. Yeah. And it wasn't all that long before you made uh, the Islamabad LA connection. Yeah, that was, uh, again, with the, with the whole Cypress Hill thing when I, as soon as I turned 17. And that's, uh, and like that was my first big break where I went there. He introduced me to a bunch of people. I came back. We stayed in touch. I was on his album. Um, I made friends with my main producer over there. Frederick, who produced my new single, who's um, helped me out a lot in my career. And this is just three years ago? Yeah, yeah. So it's all happened over the past three years. Adil, will you go back to school? Uh, no. Why not? I mean, unless I was uh, going for a professional degree like mechanical engineering or quantum physics or, you know, studying to be a doctor, I don't see the need to do it. What are you still determined to learn about the world? I mean, I'm just going to live life and learn as I go along. And anything I need to learn or feel I need to learn, I can just read up on my own. I mean, I mean, I grew up with, with, with what people called a learning disability. But to me, the need to be in a classroom in order to learn, that to me is a learning disability. What I have is not a learning disability. If I want to learn something, I can just pick up a book and learn on my own. I mean, I've been out of, in and out of different schools. And I mean, when I was a kid, they put me on Ritalin for like a few months. And it was, I used to see like different psychiatrists because I apparently had ADD or ADHD or whatever. I mean, I'm, uh, it's... <laughs> that vocabulary has come to Pakistan. We invented it. Yeah. <laughs> and that only happened when it uh, happened at the American International School here, actually. I mean, no one else cared about my ADD. <laughs> what was your school experience? Uh, I mean, I've been to I've been to about six different schools in the same city. So, hmm. I mean, I was a pretty underconfident kid with like a speech impediment, and an another reason I I started rapping was because it got me like over stuttering. I used to be like I used to stutter a lot to the point that it was like impossible for me to string a single sentence without um without stammering and stuttering so you know like i was underconfident and i mean i didn't really have like many friends growing up but as soon as i got over that little glitch i became pretty popular i guess because and i started like i mean the school experience was fun and that's what i enjoyed for i have a lot of fond memories from school but um in terms of the academics of it i never i mean i i don't even remember like the last time i did homework which it was probably fourth grade um are you riding? I mean, do you feel you're riding a tiger, or do you do you know where you're going? I know where I'm going. Let's hear it. Well, I know, like uh, I have I have it pretty planned out, but nothing really goes as as you planned. But you can have a rough idea, 
And basically, like, I'm still independent. I'm still having fun with it. I'm working on my first album right now, which is, like, it's pretty, like, it's it's not that big, but it's a decent independent effort. And I feel that this will probably be my launching pad. And mm. by the time my second album comes around, it, it'll hopefully be a much more, it'll be a much more major release. Ideal, would you give us another another sample of the new album? Uh, okay, well, since I did, like, uh, something a little ballsy and like fun the last time I'll do something a bit more personal for this one great um second I've loved and I've lost without goodbyes or closure I should cry but won't cause you'll see me as weak and if I could try and hope for a little stability I wouldn't cause it's so freaking out of my reach I'm driving by on this lonely road a bipolar mess to sum it up the highest highs and the lowest lows cold as snow yet I'm trying to find a little love but I should stop now cause I know I won't so fucking hardcore I'm the raw deal no drugs so it makes the pain more real so tough rock hard nothing could kill me but fuck it I'm a lost cause nothing can fix me a dilby rocking but the magical show ends a lonely workaholic sex addict with no friends and no end to the path that i've chosen because i'm so far gone bad to chatted and broken mm. so that's another sample from the new album <laughs> <laughs> i'm listening as fast as i can and and uh, i hear the south bronx more than islamabad i Am I supposed to hear more South Bronx than Islamabad? I mean, I don't know why you'd be hearing more of the South Bronx. I mean, I don't rap about being from the ghetto or selling drugs or anything. It's just it's just the tone of it. I mean, I grew up listening to a lot of hardcore East Coast hip-hop. So that's just my delivery, which is aggressive. But, like, lyrically, it's all personal. It's all it's all me. Like, I, I don't rap about... I don't rap about being a gangster or, like, selling drugs or anything because that's not me. But I, at the same time, I'm not going to try to pretend that that I grew up poor over here so I'm not going to rap about you know being disenfranchised and you know like like trying to be all political and 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 stuff so mm. I'm just it's it's all totally personal like this this verse I just did I just did right now was just sad personal stuff mm. yeah but in, in what sense are you venting for your audience for your contemporaries for your classmates for your friends well Again, like when I'm when I'm venting it, it's already deep rooted stuff that I feel everyone feels at some point. You know, every, everyone feels lonely. Everyone's everyone's been a little heartbroken. Everyone's lost someone. You know, things like that. But um, I mean, I make music from the same perspective. Like when I grew up, and uh, and and I'd um, like for example, like when my dad would drink or when something bad would happen at home when I was young I'd just listen to music and these guys would be venting about their own personal issues but just the energy and the and the tone of it would help me connect with it and it would make me feel so much better about myself and that's what I want to do for my fans as yeah. well what's the connection do you think with them and in this particular era yeah. the second decade of the 21st century in the great home for Muslims in what used to be British India I mean what is the big story that you think, I mean, in, and next door to the war in Afghanistan too, I mean, what are the issues, the, the concerns, the, the pain, the suffering, the hope that, that connect you to your generation, do you think? I mean, again, it's uh, like, like I said, music to me and my music as well isn't limited to just this region. I mean, I have fans from all over the world. I have fans in Europe, in the States, in South Africa, you know, mm. so it's just um, in Japan. I mean... Like my like it's it's pretty sur uh, surprising that like Pakistan makes up like like one fraction of my entire fan base, 
So I couldn't really answer that question, to be honest, hmm. if it relates, like, in terms of my own my own work. Uh, would you strike some of the other themes in the new album? Some of the other themes? I mean, um, it's all either, like, entertainment, like me, just, just like, letting off steam, a lot of... A, a lot of personal tracks a lot of like the the album's called the mushroom cloud effect and that's basically like the name is a metaphor for the aftermath of a disaster and whatever that disaster might be to anyone i mean it could be like a personal disaster it could be the state of the music industry right now this album is the aftermath mm-hmm. of all of that and i mean with every disaster comes a lot of uh, pain and suffering and whatever even dark humor and like even like a little hope that's what it's about it's just inspired by human emotion above anything else mm. and and like that that like humans feel love hate anger pain whatever all these negative mm. and positive emotions and they want to be entertained at the same time and that's all it is i'm not trying to preach any political messages to anyone i'm not trying to i'm not trying to show off and say that i'm the best rapper alive it's just me connecting with my with my audience in the way that's therapeutic for me as well mm. Somebody once said about Chuck D, I mean, it's all about the entertainment value of social anger. Yeah. What's yours? My social anger? Yeah. I mean, I have a few things I I could say, but again, like... This is the time. It's not really the time. I mean, there's certain things you can't say in this country, which, which I mean, if, if, if I said certain things, I'd probably get, I'd probably get killed. I mean, the fact that there's no freedom of thought and freedom of speech in this country is, like, offensive to me. I mean, there's certain things you cannot talk about which are which you can't argue about. You can't talk about most political systems. You can't talk about religion. You can't talk about things like that. I mean, it's, like, it's not open to discussion at all. It's just too dangerous. But we hear it all the time, Adil. I mean, we do, but, again, I wouldn't want to risk... I, I wouldn't... I mean... I wish I did have the balls to put myself at risk, but I I don't. Hmm. I do I, I do kind of. I I would like to live longer. Can you talk about your government? Can you talk about the army? Can you talk about the war in Afghanistan and Pakistan? Can you talk about drone missiles? Can you talk about Uncle Sam? You can talk about it, but again, like everything, it's 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 not like it's something again. Like I would rather not talk about. It. Everything is so black and every, like like not everything is 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 that black and white. So I wouldn't mm. like to form a strong opinion on, on. Like I mean, I know what's what's wrong in my heart and what's right and in, in my heart, but I mean, again, I'm an entertainer, not a not a politician. So mm. I'm just here to entertain and sing songs for people. Who your models is people who have told or do tell the unhappy truths? I mean, George Carlin, Bill Hicks, um, uh, uh, Carl Sagan, Penn and Teller. You've worked with Penn and Teller? Yeah. How did that connection happen? That happened, I have a mutual friend with him, and I've, I've, I know I've always grown up watching Penn and Teller and being a fan of, of them, but uh, I got in touch with him through the internet and just introduce myself. I didn't want to work with him before. It was just, I just thought he was an interesting guy and I'd like to talk to him about some stuff, you know, just just as a friend. And he listened to my music and uh, discovered that I lived in Pakistan and found me really interesting. So we just spoke as friends for like months. We just chat and share and share ideas and stuff. And uh, finally, as a joke, I just, I, 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 I suggested to him to do a voice cameo in one of my songs. 
and he actually liked the idea and we did the song with uh with DJ Solo from Soul Assassins who um produced it and that song like up and liked that song in, enough to make sure it ended up on his friend's compilation album alongside Pearl Jam and Soundgarden so that was even a pretty big break strong company yeah in Pakistan who who were the heroic dissenters um i'd say at the moment i'd i'd see imran khan is pretty heroic the, the cricket candidate well cricketer politician philanthropist i mean again with his politics i'm still pretty divided on certain uh views of his but as far as like um his charity work goes and and like i mean his his heart's in, his heart's in the right place and i mm. think he's he would definitely be good for the country mm. People don't seem to hesitate to say they live in a dysfunctional state. Yeah, yeah. That's a kind of freedom. Sometimes it seems like a chirping, cheerful little prison colony you've got here, but it is chirping. I mean, it depends. I mean, a lot of people, I, I'd say that, um, well, obviously, if you know what's going on, then you have to admit that this is a really dysfunctional place. But, like, sadly, a lot of people are either apathetic or in complete denial about their about their surroundings and i mean it's just that people's priorities are even like completely messed up i mean i have a friend for example who's a totally rational normal guy and with pride he was saying you know pakistan's the second fastest growing nuclear nation in the world isn't that amazing and i was like no it's not amazing you know i mean we don't have any money for education and healthcare i mean why is that amazing and he was saying it with 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 pride so i mean it's just people like love the idea that that we're some big bad fighting nation with awesome weapons and awesome this and awesome that and you know i i mean i i think it's 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 absurd mm. it's 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 like an ego thing but i don't know i just I, I think people have their priorities wrong i'd love you to untangle some of your american connections i mean america hip-hop and la are your touchstones to american culture and yet obviously there's a but obviously, that's not all of your yeah. your feelings about America. What's its contribution, do you think, to the state of Pakistan? <laughs> a lot of Pakistanis are going to hate me for saying this, but I think the reason Pakistan hasn't been like like bombed by everyone around it is because I mean, it's because obviously you guys have been protecting us quite a bit. But who are we protecting you from? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a politician, but I do think that we're that we're allies, and instead of, I just think it's absurd that there's a lot of like mutual hate for each other. I think both of us are, you know, suited to be best friends. Um, I mean, we're strategically important. You guys need us, don't you? A lot of Americans in high places seem to think we do. Yeah. For what do you think? I don't know. Again, I'm I'm not a I'm not a strategic thinker or anything i'm just an entertainer i'm just here to <laughs> sing songs and entertain people and make them dance and make them happy make us dance make us happy give us another taste okay 
Talk greasy motherfucker, get a jab in the jaw Cause I ain't known to fuck around like a blasphemy law Come around to your town, son, I conquer with efficient timing And y'all should know that mushroom clouds ain't got a silver lining You fucking fail cause I do the thing better This is first person Duke Nukem shooter game swagger Boomerang rappers getting thrown to the dogs I'm only nice when I'm getting dome or bone in abroad Feel the fury of God with the sound of my war cries Silly motherfuckers keep doubting you'll all die Descending to Genghis, I'm the master con A real chauvinistic pig, you can ask your mom <laughs> <That's> fantastic. <laughs> uh, what's the reference ideal to the blasphemy law? I mean, it just like it's just a badass song where you're supposed to be all serious and like not fucked with. So it just shows that there's like a no tolerance policy. I mean, I'm totally against the blasphemy law, but it's just a it's just a punchline. And you can say it. Yeah. Um, is it important to you to leave a mark in Pakistani culture and consciousness? It's important for me to leave a mark worldwide. I mean, I, I just like my, my my main thing is is not um, limiting myself to Pakistan. I'd rather be uh, I'd rather represent Pakistan, represent like a much more light and much more cool side of Pakistan than mm. to the West and than than the West is used to. I mean, as soon as you hear Pakistan, all you think about is target killings and bombings and heroin and acid burning and, you know, like, and it's just really ugly. And I mean, that is a reality as well. But I mean, there are a lot of level-headed, rational people who live here as well. And I just like to represent those people. But won't they think of you as a child of the empire in a certain way who's become a world figure through the Internet? Yeah, that's what I am. I, I don't deny that. I mean, I'm not gonna. I've never lied and said that. You know, I'm a revolutionary. I'm. I've never said that. You know, like I am a child of the empire who's become a global figure through the internet. That's exactly what I am. <laughs> we didn't rehearse this either. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the internet's my best friend, and it's always been my best friend. And like, I don't know. I've just. It's just been a huge help to me. Like when all my friends were learning, uh, were you know wasting time on the internet by, you know, like using social networks, you know, using all these social networking sites to try meeting people, and you know, I was actually using these sites to work and network, mm. and it's 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 been a huge help. Ada was so grateful to meet you and to hear you at first hand. Take us out with a song, if you will. Okay, thank you. One second. As I walk on your block, chest out like we call in the shots. And you know our pockets deep, cause when we talk to the cops, it ain't snitching. It's sending orders out on the payroll. You lames go treading all around, but I stay bold. The media portrays me as a Marilyn Manson, but with sand nigger skin and a terrorist accent. Not knowing that I'm godless, lacking spiritual living. Countless hours watching Dawkins, reading Christopher Hitchens. All you miserable bitches, we stacking all your milli in a car and change your name to Billy Bats, cause I'ma kill you in a bar. Plus, Adilla's still a god, the dude never spit shitty. Inspired by G Rap, like like gas was by Sin City. And that's our introduction to Pakistani rap. Adil Omar, thank you so much. Thank you. Ben Mandelkern produced and Henry Peck edited this conversation in Islamabad with the rapper Adil Omar. Our series, Another Pakistan, is a co-production of the Watson Institute and the Asia Society. Zamine Ansari is our producer in Pakistan. Thanks also to Bina Sarwar of the Jung Media Group. 
The conversations continue from South Asia and also online. Listeners, please feedback your views, your Pakistan, with a comment on our website, radioopensource.org. I'm Christopher Leiden. Thank you for being part of the Open Source Conversation.